Hi guys, welcome back to the King Kumar Podcast, where I help you make change through business content and through interviews. And I really want to make this podcast so that you guys can be differentiate yourself in this rapid job market that we have. So today I have a, my guest is Gabriel, and Gabriel was on a show called Master Chef. You know, recently... Um, reality cooking shows have been very popular, and MasterChef is one of the most popular cooking shows with guests, like, with many contestants and judges, like, Gord, the, the legendary celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay, our own Sanchez, and Joe Bastianich, and, um, Christina. So, today my guest is Gabriel, and Gabriel was on MasterChef season... Eight, I believe. And, and today we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna talk to Gabriel about his journey, and yeah. So Gabriel, welcome to the show. Um, thank you for coming thank on. You. And um, why don't you just give like a brief spiel on who Gabriel is? Um, like what you're all about, and yeah. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Gabriel. Uh, last name is Lewis. I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and I took part in Master of Competition two years ago when I was 19, or uh, around the time I was 19. I'm 20, just turned 22 a couple days ago. Um, so, my life has been cooking pretty much since I was 11 years old. Hopped on a Master Chef at 19 and was had the privilege of getting my culinary school and my my education paid for by Gordon Ramsay, and offered a position in Ron Sanchez's restaurant in New Orleans. So, Gabriel, um, I know you said you started cooking at um, 11. Um, what was really, what inspired you to start um, your cooking journey? Uh, it was an influence of my mother, my grandmother, and my aunt. I had a lot of very strong female role models in my life that all showed how they cared through, about people through food. And, you know, that's how they brought people together. So it was something that was encouraging to me to kind of go into because I'm, I'm very big in uh, family and keep the family together. And food is one of those things that just brings people together all together. So um, that was something that kind of drove me to get into cooking initially. So, Gabriel, um, did when did you first start working at like a restaurant or really getting that professional experience um, by cooking for other by cooking f- for other people? Um, the first instance of me cooking for somebody was catering a wedding uh shortly after my 18th birthday and that was a proposition that i was given by a manager of mine from a fast food establishment i was working at at the time um but actually going professional i didn't actually have my first professional outing until after master chef uh pretty quickly after that i set my first dinner which was a very challenging five course meal and uh we pushed that through and everything went well from there so from then i've just kind of been pushing to progress and, and be more professional in the industry. That, that was kind of my first go around with it. So let's actually talk about um, MasterChef. So do you want to explain like how the process worked on you getting the MasterChef and how you really got onto the show? Uh, absolutely. They do something called open call auditions, which means that they will allow any and everybody to come and cook for any of the panel of judges that they have for that day's open call. Uh, you bring a dish that represents you, talk about yourself, you plate that dish, and uh, once you do that, uh, if they like your food, your personality, and you know overall who you are as a cook, then they will try to progress you uh, to what they would consider the next round in that, which is pretty much talking to executives and explaining them a little bit about yourself and your food and, and what your food dream and your mission is and 
um, kind of just pitching yourself to the network. And uh, after that, it's just kind of a, a small series of, of questionnaires, tests, and uh, contracts that you have to go through. But I mean, it's, it's a very extensive process on that end, but that's kind of the cliff notes of it. And um, they really kind of put you through the ringer culinary wise in order to see if you're ready. And once you are, they take you out there to uh, film the show and you battle for an apron. So, Gabriel, um, do you remember what you made for those panel of judges at all? Yes, uh, I actually did what was my specialty at the time, which was a Japanese-style crispy pork belly with uh, coconut-infused jasmine rice and uh, pea shoots. And do you want to kind of explain that dish? Um, maybe don't reveal the secret ingredients, since that is Gabriel's turn, but um, just explain, like, what that dish is. Um, it's essentially just a normal pork belly that you would uh, you marinate for a little bit and slow roast. Uh, making sure that the skin gets crispy, but you reduce the fat underneath the skin so you have a tender piece of meat and not too much fat. Uh, and then the jasmine rice is just really simply infused with coconut milk just to kind of give it a lightness because the pork belly is so hearty and heavy and greasy. Uh, the pea shoots add a fresh element that allows for the, uh, the actual overall dish to be kind of brought together and cleanse the palate a little bit so that you can keep going back for the next bite. Uh, and then we finish it off with a little bit of the actual juices from the roasting pork belly. Um, so it's 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 a pretty composed dish, but it's it's made to entice you to kind of go back and, and feel full, but not feel um, like you're you're just eating too much of something. You're not feeling like it's too rich. You're not feeling like it's too fatty. It's it's meant to be more of a balanced dish. So after that panel of judges, um, what happened after that? Were you did you just go into where you had to um, compete for a white apron, or like was there something after that and then the white apron? How did that work exactly? Um, like I said, most of it is, is just kind of paperwork stuff. So it's a lot of just kind of uh, boring processes for about a couple of months. But it's it's pretty much you're cooking for those judges. Uh, if they pass you and set you out very well, then you go to California for the opportunity to cook for the actual panel of judges that you listed off at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and around that time, you're, you're kind of just waiting around for your turn to battle for whatever your apron is. And when you go in, they'll tell you exactly what you're battling with, whether that's uh, tacos or, you know, burgers or whatever um they let you know and then you have the opportunity to show the judges what you got so that me watching you on that i watched an episode where you had to battle for that white apron and that was stressful for me um i can't imagine how stressful that was for you um but what kind of like how was that experience cooking in and arguably the best kitchen in the united states of america uh, it was definitely a challenge. Uh, you feel un you feel overwhelmed and underprepared constantly. Uh, there's a lot of instances where you feel like your competition has a large advantage over you, whether that's through age, experience, uh, technique, uh, or just creativity. You feel pretty much out of your element the entire time when you're supposed to feel the most comfortable. So it's definitely uh, intimidating. It does take a lot out of you, but it brings a lot out of you as well. So, Gabriel, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I want to help people make change and uh was there like a point when you were competing that you had to say okay maybe i should scrap this and how did you overcome that and adapt and make change um most of it was trial by fire so it's uh doing something that is faux pas in a kitchen or making something that's not as delicious as it could be or you're, you're starting to see something trend a certain way or the judges will put a bug in your ear that says hey maybe that's not right and it's just a matter of you deciding that you're confident enough to be able to push forward and, you know, drop whatever is the negative part of your dish and trust your own creativity enough to come up with something to replace it. 
Um, and if not, uh, if you end up plating a bad dish and the judges let you go, but they give you criticism, it's a matter of taking that criticism and making sure that you use it in every dish going forward. So Gabriel, um, when you were cooking in that kitchen, uh, what did you feel like was the best part? Like did, like um, the ingredients, like what was the best part when you first got into the kitchen? Like what, what did you find like amazing kind of? Um, definitely the, uh, environment was fantastic. The amount of, uh, culinary, the diversity of culinary equipment in there is, is insane. The amount of ingredients, the different proteins, fruits, spices, nuts, grains, and, uh, seasonings is out of this world. It has to be hands down one of the best prep kitchens I've ever seen. Um, so that was definitely enticing. And then all the while you have three culinary, uh, powerhouses that are watching you cook the entire time. So it's, there's a lot of, uh, amazing parts to that entire experience in that kitchen. Okay. So do you remember what you actually cooked for the judges? Um, around what time? Um, the, when you battled for the white apron. Yes, I did a blackened uh, tilapia fish taco with uh, a mango peach salsa, an avocado crema, and a red cabbage slaw. And then side of the lime and a little bit of cilantro on top. So, um... I want to ask you, because I just remembered, you said on MasterChef how you always have been watching Gordon Ramsay, and how did you feel like that experience of you doing research prior to you actually going in the kitchen helped you in um, cooking for the first time in front of the judges? Um, I think it helped a lot. I've not one that caves under pressure so i'm not one that usually will buckle if somebody's yelling in my ear um i've seen every episode of every show that chef ramsey's done in the united states since 2005 so i was feeling well prepared um you know I, i've idolized him since i was young so it was a matter of understanding that whatever he says is to make you better and it's not to take personally you know it's, it's a matter of taking what he says constructively and moving forward but uh, it's also a matter of paying attention to all the previous mistakes of the seasons and, uh, you know, some people, uh, what they may have may not done uh, through MasterChef or other shows that are considered faux pas in his book. So it's just a lot of small notes that I took like that, I think, helped me out a decent amount. So what was he like? What was it like meeting him for the first time? And like, what kind of a guy he is? Because I watch a lot of Kitchen Nightmares and he sounds like he's always yelling, but I also know that he's really passionate and he just wants to help all of his chefs grow. So what is what, what was that experience like meeting him? Um, it's definitely a once in a lifetime type of thing. Like he, he is a very, very interesting um, energy about him. He's very lively and uh, very intimidating at the same time. So it's, it's really odd because he's very lighthearted, but he feels very intimidating. So uh, meeting him for the first time, I was highly intimidated. I'm never intimidated meeting people, uh, but he definitely put the fear of God into me. So. Uh, it was it was a very uh, eye opening experience to say the least. So Gabriel, when you got when you had that feeling of the white apron in your hands, how can you describe like how you felt at that moment? Uh, I felt like it was validation that I could cook. Um, a lot of the times, if you're like me, if you were a home cook at the time, or if you are a home cook now. Um, you wonder if the people in your circle are telling you you're good or if you're actually good. So it's, it was a matter of me going out and getting the validation from people that are professionals in the industry that I know what I'm doing. 
So Gabriel, I want to talk to you about um, the actual mastership. So after you got the white apron, what was that experience like? Um, how many hours of filming was it? How many times did you guys have to cook? Uh, just ex talk to me about the whole mastership experience. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry, honestly. Most of what you see on TV is what you get. So uh, with the cooking times, everything is the same. We only cook the amount of times that have been shown on television. So if we've got a, a mystery box and elimination, that's all we cooked is the mystery box and elimination. Um, but they definitely, uh, it's cut down considerably. Uh, we're doing anything from, you know, eight to 12 hour days, um, depending on where we're at. So it, it was, that part is a little intense, but most everything else is pretty much what you see on television. They want to make it as, as genuine as possible. That's awesome. I love televisions that are like that because some shows aren't necessarily like that. Um, so, you had a lot of um, teammates, um, friends in the MasterChef. Can you describe like who maybe you were closest to uh, on that show? Um, well, uh, Cowboy Chef Newton and I developed a really, really close friendship. Uh, we still cook together very often. Uh, I drive down to Texas, even if it's just to spend the weekend, you know, drive down to Texas and, and spend time with him. Uh, Jason Wang, absolutely fantastic guy. Uh, talk to him periodically. And he's he's my my foodie buddy. We you know exchange ideas and concepts and get excited about ingredients. So it's that's pretty nice. Uh, Ebony is always a sweetheart. You know even if she's got a rough exterior, she's family. Um, you know Dino, he's he's a character, but you know he's got a great heart. Very great guy. Um, I enjoy cooking with him, spending time with him as well. So there wasn't very many people on uh, the show that I I didn't have a kinship or a family kind of uh, bond with. Uh, Danny. Uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fish, Mr. Uh, Kate Birdie, and he's fantastic. He's like a brother to me. He actually looks like one of my brothers. So uh, there's there's not very many people that I didn't form a kinship with there. So Gabriel, um, have I don't really remember if you were called up in the top three. I think you were. Um, do you mm -hmm. remember what that dish was when you were first called in the top three, and how was that feeling like? Uh, yep. The dish that I had actually made was, uh, Nutella stuffed donuts with, uh, a blueberry glaze and some toasted hazelnuts with some orange zest on top and a, uh, coffee glaze. So it was like coffee and donuts. Um, I was excited cause again, it felt like validation and I'd already been to the ringer quite a bit. So I had a plenty of, uh, failures in the master chef kitchen up to that point. I had some successes, but I kind of floated in or stayed in the middle. I didn't, you know, rise to the top in any of those challenges. So to be able to be in top three for that one was, uh, pretty awesome. So I want to talk to you about, um, you can go um, either take this question, whichever order you want, but I want to talk to you about kind of like the moment where you kind of felt like you failed and then the best moment in MasterChef. So like the worst moment and then the best moment. Uh, worst moment has to be serving a raw or un very, very undercooked steak to Gordon Ramsay. Uh, that's just, you don't do that. That's pretty much putting your head on the chopping block so i was mortified at that point i already resigned myself to go home because i knew that was just a nail in the coffin uh, as far as best moments go it'd probably have to be either uh my mexican tag team challenge um being able to show the chefs that i have a voice in the kitchen um or my actual elimination because the best things came out of one of the, the more somber moments in the show so I want to talk to you about the tag team challenge. Um, how can we as I'm I'm a 
uh, young adult. I'm about 19 years old. And, you know, I got still a lot more life ahead of me. And I got many people listening who are on the same age. So how can we better improve communication? Because um, tag team challenge is all about getting the right communication. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that depends on the situation. But for me, it's, it's a matter of understanding uh, understanding the person that you're communicating to uh, more than the message you're trying to communicate. So to me, communication is more about understanding how people understand things, how people learn or how people respond to certain things. So uh, it's, it's more about paying attention to the person you're conversing with or the person you're trying to work with and learning more about them so you know how to better communicate your message. Um, because the message is going to remain the same whether you say it with a negative tone or a positive, but it's a matter of understanding the way that you reach somebody. So for Chef Ramsey, for instance, it's very easy for him to communicate a message because everybody knows he's very upfront, he's very stern, he's blunt, he does not hold back. And that's expected. So everybody knows that, okay, how do I respond to that? They know exactly how they're supposed to respond. Um, For me, at least in that tag team challenge, I had a realization that uh, the team dynamic was very, very weak. Uh, Not necessarily the chefs, but our dynamic together. We were very friendly outside the kitchen, but we didn't know how to be very blunt and and cut to the point with each other so in that moment i had to change my tactic of being very kind and decided that it was it was time to be more stern and you know more aggressive with the way i was communicating in order to get us through or get us over the finish line so um it's just a matter of understanding the person you're communicating with that that'll better teach you how to communicate with that person so um uh so uh, did you guys stay in hotels like after the competition? Like, how did that whole uh, residency process work? Um, they definitely they they put us up in in kind of group lodging. Um, we have our own individual rooms uh, for good reason. We don't want to be you know sharing ideas or anything like that, or have somebody accuse somebody of taking an idea. So they they put us up in group lodging, and we were able to kind of cohabitate. So that that's who we spent the bulk of our time with was the competitors. So that's why you grow such a close bond with those people. Uh, is because you spend night and day with them uh, until you guys, you get, you know, you picked off one at a time. So um, it's, yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys go inside of the, how did you guys go from the, um, the kind of like the hotel or the rest, the dorm to the master chef kitchen by car, by, um, did they transport you? Uh, how did that work? That one, I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. I understand. So um, let's talk about like your life after MasterChef. But first, let's get in. Unfortunately, I hate to bring this up, but I kind of want to because that's like like an emotional part that hit me hard. But then when I heard what Gordon Ramsay and Aron said to you, like I was so happy. So you got eliminated and they said Gordon paid for your uh, tuition and Aron gave you the um, opportunity. What was that? Like, I know it was probably, like, the worst feeling in, in that you've had, but just talk to me about, like, how you kind of overcome that and really how that feeling was. Um, that was really emotional, too. Um, I come from a family that, you know, if, if you take a loss, you, you know, you take it on the head and you keep pushing. So, for me, it was a, it was a moment of, of sadness, but it didn't last very long. Um you know, I was, I was content with it. I understood why I went home and I was, you know, more than willing to go back. I had the experience of a lifetime and I was ex- excited to have done that. Um, 
having the judges do something so generous was just uh, ice like that. That just, I mean, I didn't expect it at all. So it was very overwhelming. Um, but overall, overall, it was one of the most exciting and, and grateful experiences that I've ever had. I've, I've never felt such gratitude towards people that I haven't known for very long. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was very amazing. And honestly, I'm still eternally grateful for the opportunities. That's awesome. Um, so how, how did culinary school go for you? Um, well, so far it's, it's gone well. I put it off for a little bit, but, um, back on it. So I've got about a year left. Um, but it's, it's going quite well so far. Is it like, um, would you best describe it as like a four-year college or more like not like how many years of schooling is that, um, culinary school? Uh, it depends on your, what, what you're going for. For me, it's a two-year program, but there's a lot of people that go for four. That's more, uh, pastry oriented and I'm not more of the pastry kind of guy. So I'm going for a two-year program. Okay. Awesome. So Gabriel, um, I want to kind of give you the floor where you can talk about anything you want, um, how people make change between the ages, like people for me around 18 to 20 year olds, like, what do you want to say to them? What is like one thing you want to yell to them and tell them, Hey guys, this is what I want you to go out and do so that you can be different in this job market. Um, if you love something and you're passionate about it, don't let anybody stop you from doing it. I don't care if there's odds stacked against you. I don't care if people tell you that, you know, it's, it's not a great option or there's a lot of people already doing it. If you have a vision in your mind and you know, you can provide something different and you're excited about it and you're tenacious and you, you love it with all your heart, you can't see yourself doing anything else. Then don't let anything stop you regardless. Just, okay. just do whatever you can to make sure that you are able to follow your dream and be able to pursue what you want to do in life. And anybody that tells you different does not belong in your life. Okay, awesome. So, Gabriel, is there anything else you want to share before um, I end this podcast? Um, no, just uh, appreciate it. It's been, it's been a good interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Gabriel. Um, I want to wish you luck in your future in Rowers. Um, I want to wish you luck in uh, culinary school. And wish you luck in Aron Sanchez's restaurant. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Um, have a great day. All right. You as well.